Welcome to the Empathetic Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Vivi Noche from Notch. Vivi, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. So to kick us off, maybe you can just tell me a bit about yourself, your role, your company, and what you're up to. I am the content marketing director at Notch. Many eons ago, I was a food editor for Cooking Light Magazine, but like many, I jumped ship from journalism and ended up in the marketing world. And so I've been running marketing teams and doing content marketing for a number of startups. And then I ended up at Notch in January. It's been a really exciting time. Very cool. So tell me a bit about Notch. What are you guys doing? Who's your audience from a content marketing perspective? All that stuff. To be super simple about it, Notch basically gives marketers, so mostly digital and growth and demand performance marketers and also content marketers, better data on their audience journey so they can make better decisions if we just want to boil it down. But to elaborate, as a marketer, it's just, it's really hard to identify what content or what touch points are actually influencing actions or, or driving people to convert. I think that's why a lot of people gate their content or overly lean on paid channels. Um, and so that's kind of where Notch comes in as an audience journey intelligence platform, which is a huge mouthful. Um, but basically we help you understand how your content and those digital touch points are actually contributing to pipeline and revenue. Um, so really like connecting even that top of funnel content all the way down to how it's influenced revenue. One of the coolest features that I actually think that we have is called um, journey visualization. You can actually track your audience's journeys literally step-by-step step throughout the website. And we've kind of coined this data, the missing middle. Having this sort of missing middle data, it goes beyond first touch, it goes beyond last touch. In my opinion, I think it really opens up the opportunities for optimizing a lot of different marketing activities. And I mentioned that I just joined Notch in January. A fun aside, one of the reasons why I joined, honestly, was because I wanted to use the product myself. Don't tell my boss or HR. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, they know, but it was it was a big reason, honestly. I love that. Because yeah, I think so many times as a marketer, you see like, oh, they clicked on a campaign and signed up for a newsletter. And then, oh, they converted on a Google ad. But what happened in between and all that? kind of missing data. I love that. And, and I think sometimes you're leaning on website analytics sort of data, or even if you're leveraging, you know, a lot of paid search or paid social, you can see, you know, you've achieved low cost per click or cost per lead or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, what, what is the journey that people are actually taking? Could you be shortcutting that? Like, are you actually maybe wasting some of your money in this one area where you should be, you know, doubling down on another. And, and a lot of that data is just kind of lost if you're just kind of relying on those metrics. Absolutely. Let's talk about content strategy, content marketing. So what sorts of things are you guys doing to drive demand and connect with your audience? I feel like our content marketing strategy is always an evolving thing, but at the core, we're big believers of, of starting with that measurement framework and just making sure we're measuring ourselves on the right things and making sure that, you know, our marketing activities are laddering up to the right objectives and the right business outcomes. Ultimately, that said, our content strategy is rooted mostly on social media and podcasts and written content. And so social media, that's primarily LinkedIn. We're leveraging it mostly for awareness and demand. 
Recently, we've been exploring it more for personalized one-on-one interactions. We're also using paid social, but that's mostly for bottom of funnel retargeting. Podcasts, it's kind of a wild west activity for us um, a little bit. I'm sure you know how hard it is to kind of drive people back from the podcast if they're listening on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts or Google, Google Podcasts. Google, I think has one, right? It's hard to get them from that third-party site back to your own site in hopes that they'll convert or you know take some kind of action with you. So we're still trying to figure that out a little bit. Um, but we just released our second season for one of our for our pros and content podcasts. And so, and we've also launched a couple of other ones. So we're really hopeful that fingers crossed, we're gonna start seeing it lead to more opportunities. But ultimately, if anything, it, it broadens our reach as we have guests on our show. So it's been an interesting activity that we've been doing so far. And then the last one, written content. And when I say written content, I'm really broadening that definition. So that's not just top of funnel articles, but also use cases, product pages. I'm, I'm including everything in that. Um, but with written content, we're really using our own audience journey data to tell us you know, what's working, what's not, where there's opportunities to influence what paths our customers are taking, you know, what's ultimately leading to conversions and that sort of thing. So that's a lot of what we're focused on right now in terms of content marketing. Yeah, that's very interesting. And it's interesting to note, I think you said you have more than one podcast. So, so that's an interesting strategy versus just having one. We've shifted. So it's more of a main podcast that we have some branched off themed podcasts off of so that we kind of don't alienate our audience or segment it too much, especially in early days. But we do have like some separate ones that are maybe a little bit more interesting for us to do and don't necessarily have like the direct connections to our target market or something like that. Absolutely. Is there anything they're particularly excited about in terms of content marketing opportunities in the next quarter, in the next year? Obviously, there's a lot of changes going around with strategy and activities marketing teams are doing. Is there anything that you're like, oh, I'm really excited that this is on our radar, on our roadmap, maybe new experiments you're trying or any of that sort of thing? Definitely. So we're actually for the first time, and I think a long time, at least since I've even been here, because of kind of the scale that we're working on, we're leveraging some third party, like some freelancer help in producing some of our content, obviously with a very, very strong hand in, in that as well. And But I think what it's going to let us do is free us up a little bit more to dive into the data analytics side of that. And that's what I'm personally kind of excited to be doing in the next few months is you know, kind of being able to drink our own Kool-Aid and, and actually look at what it is that's actually impacting us, making the changes, doing all that testing that I feel like we could be doing a better job of doing. Let's dive into that. So audience journey data, what is it? And, you know, why should marketers be thinking about this? Sure. So audience journey data is literally the data on what your audience is doing on all of your own domains across multiple sessions, literally anything from how they got there to all the different touch points that they touch as they go down that pathway. So I think a lot of people are building attribution models off of just first touch data or last touch data. But one of the things that we're passionate about is being able to see all of those middle touch points and what are some of those like middle high value actions between the first and last touches and then ultimately conversion. 
speaking of drinking your own Kool-Aid, here's kind of an example of how I was using audience journey data the other day. So we do some paid social. It's been driving some results, but not the results that we wanted it to. So even though like our cost per click is pretty low and we're getting a decent amount of click volume, we're just not seeing it translate to the conversions in the way that we want it to. So I ended up running a report from paid social to any, just so I could see where people were going and what they were doing if they weren't converting and you know where they were going on our site. And then also for the ones that did convert, how could I replicate that? What could I do to get people to that conversion point? Um, well, one of the things that I saw was that people, some people are taking a lot, like a lot of touch points before they get to the conversion point. There was one person in particular who took, I think it was 111 touches and they haven't even converted yet, actually. They're still in their journey process. That's 111 touches. It's clear they're highly engaged with us but there's something that we're not doing to capture that person. And maybe they're not the right person, but digging into that, like, why is this happening? If they are super engaged with us and they're not the right target, maybe someone else at their company is, or, you know, what can we do? So how can we accelerate the time to conversion? Is it as simple as adding a CTA in the right place um, on the right page? Is it I don't know, like leveraging email marketing to serve them the right piece for their need state, whatever it is. I think we have a lot of different things that we can try. Um, but that was literally one of the things that I was, I was doing the other day. And um, hopefully I can let you know some results <laughs> in your future. Yeah, I love that. I imagine the goal in looking at that journey is to increase lead to deal velocity and kind of shorten the time and then maybe dive into okay are people getting stuck here or here and analyze it and improve it that type of thing totally just the other day i was looking at uh some of the data for really recent period of time i think it was like the past month or so i was looking at all of our closed completed journeys like journeys that actually converted and half of those journeys went through a very specific use case that we have on the site, which is cool, which is great. And then I noticed that half of those, so a quarter of the, all of the journeys, it was actually the second to last touch before they filled out the form. And so like using that data, I just did something really simple. I added a couple of CTAs or changed a couple of CTAs on two of our pages. And in less than a week, I already saw people going through that CTA and, and converting. I mean, it's still early days with that data, but stuff like that, like maybe I'm a, a nerd with, with that kind of stuff, but like that stuff like that, like really gets marketing nerds like me, I guess, excited. I love it. How are you handling like third-party touch points? Like if it's them consuming content on LinkedIn or even like we said, listening to a podcast, is most of that journey tracked just within the website or is it also tracked third-party? Yeah, so we are only able to track what's on own domains. I think a lot of people talk about like dark social and whatnot. And so that is still kind of a reality. That said, we can be a little bit more granular than saying, okay, well, this came from organic social or this came from paid social. We can, you know, track from a UTM code, for example, if how they came in. And this is also across multiple sessions. Usually 
people, it's not a linear path. They're not like going, I'm reading all this stuff on LinkedIn and then finally going to the website and then finally converting. It's usually, you know, very roundabout and circular. So you'll see some of those referral sources like come in and out. So that's like another way that we can kind of use that, that date, those data points to track that as well. So what channels are you guys most invested in now? It sounds like podcast is a bit of a wild west experiment. And then obviously you said there's blog content and website content, all this. Any channels that are particularly getting you excited uh, or there's a lot of focus in right now? I think we're probably seeing the most engagement on LinkedIn. Matt, he runs our social media and he's doing a really good job of forging those conversations and just being engaging himself. LinkedIn, we're, we're not just looking at our company account, but also you know, individual people within our company, whether it's our CEO, whether it's Matt, whether it's other folks within our company, I would say like LinkedIn, our own site in general, like how we're optimizing that. And then yeah, podcasts, we're still, we're still trying to determine that, but then we also have a Slack community called pros and content. And so that we're, we're not leveraging that as like a selling point at all. It's really just more of a discussion point and like offering content marketers and other marketers a place to kind of commune <laughs> to, to get together and talk um, about, you know, how content is actually fueling growth marketing for a lot of companies. But um, I, yeah, those are probably the top four areas, channels that we're really doubling down on. Absolutely. That's awesome. As we're wrapping up here, touching on metrics and attribution, obviously this is a bit of what you're doing with the, the journey data and all that. What's your view on metrics, attribution, what marketers out there should be thinking about when it comes to that? I think metrics, it really depends on what you're doing. Um, it depends on your marketing organization. There's not like a one size fits all for anyone and it, not even a one size fits all for an industry vertical even. I kind of go back to that measurement framework thing and maybe it's a little bit old school, but if you don't understand what those business outcomes are that you're you're laddering up to, then you're not going to have the right marketing objectives. And then you're not going to have the right metrics and KPIs and, and tactics and whatnot. So like making sure you kind of do that exercise, I think is, is important. I feel like attribution is a little bit of a dirty word for some people, at least on, on the marketing LinkedIn feeds. But I think attribution is really about giving credit where credit's due. I think a lot of marketers, especially if they're at a company that maybe is a little bit more old school in their, in their perception of marketing, they're being tasked to, to really boost lead volume. I mean, it's really about like that, like they, they perceive demand gen to be lead capture instead of like true demand gen. And so I think a lot of people are thinking about attribution from a almost like dollars and cents sort of, of view. So how can I directly tie the pipeline to the things that I'm doing? And so that's why a lot of people are putting the lead capture form where it shouldn't be. They're accelerating the sales process before that, that, that marketing contact is even ready to buy. And I think part of it is bandwidth. Part of it is like a top-down leadership difficult thing. Um, and then part of it is just not having the right data or the right tools to, to even report on something like that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think I've seen people post, we don't need any attribution. And then others are like, we got to measure everything and every penny spent. And I think it's interesting because it 
it feels like at the end of the day, the way people buy, there's a collection of a bunch of different activities and content they'll consume and all this. And it's probably somewhere in the middle where you don't track every little penny, but you don't say, hey, we're not going to do attribution and all is good and all that. Right. And I think some of the folks who are saying attribution is terrible, it's all like just it's all about just driving demand and like creating all that top of funnel, you know, awareness. I think there's some people who are really leaning into that. It's just not the reality for a lot of people, a lot of companies, and especially, you know, the the SMBs, they can't spend a long time trying to build that demand gen engine without in conjunction having their SDR, BDR team doing outbound calls. And so I think there's just a balance that needs to be set. Um, and it just depends. It's it's like, you just have to find the right thing for, for your company. Absolutely. Well, it's been awesome to have you on, Phoebe. Thanks so much for sharing all your wisdom and insights. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. It was fun. Totally.